You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 247 of East St. Trans Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by, rejoined by executive video producer, uh, audio engineer, Zach Bircham, and uh, my co host for the second week in a row, Mr. Jesse Riddle. Howdy, howdy. What are we doing today, Jesse? <clears throat> uh, looks like we're going to talk about uh, with uh, the primary election candidates for the series for commissioner, correct? Indeed. Not yes. on that, it's not on our show notes. Uh, <laughs> Joey Cooper and Joe Wiley. And we and, just happen to have them both in the room. Yeah, we just happened to. Uh, Joey Cooper is on my left and Joe Wiley is on my right. Uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, what Henry County looks like. Um, some land use stuff. Memorial Park's future. Am I doing all right, John? You're doing great. All right. I'm, I'm honestly very I like, impressed. I was like, am I supposed I was to be expecting, reading these? I was expecting you to say today's episode topic read, and then we were just going to laugh at you. <laughs> and if you're doing, you're actually, you're out beyond your skis, and I'm very excited. Perfect. I just didn't know if I was supposed to be reading these. Yeah. It's, uh, it, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. All right. And then um, we're trying to figure out what the market assets, marketable assets are of Henry County and the priorities between our two candidates uh, here. And... The dude, detention center open. Um, we're apparently still talking about backyard chickens. Yep, this was uh, Dakota Dakota's big plan that he hatched. Oh, nice! Uh, that we're going to talk about the chicken and Spiceland, but uh, yeah, also well. like Spiceland backyard chickens <laughs> round two. Um, and how much time should a commissioner devote to the job? And uh, should the Henry County or should Henry County retain the food and beverage tax? So, and then we're gonna have some final thoughts. We'll see how uh, how far we get through all of that. It should be a, should be a fun and entertaining show, and uh, we have the ability to wander as needed. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully, you'll always learn something new. Uh, if you join the Patreon at any level, you get uh, you get the Patreon uh, audio email directly into your inbox and a special RSS feed for your iTunes or pod- podcast addict or how, however podcasts are sold these days, whatever catcher you like to use, you can, uh, you get those dropped right in and a super special Facebook group where uh, the cast interacts with you and shares, uh, shares a little bit of fun stuff and the show notes. You get the show notes in advance, uh, usually two, three, four hours before, before showtime. Uh, we just did about 15 minutes over there and uh, Jesse, explained his uh, his ga- gambling strategies yeah. and and all the success he's been having you should sign up for the patreon so you can learn my gambling my gambling strategy you can get his uh, you can get his notes his system <laughs> it's marketable and uh you, you're missing you, a, like uh, you're missing a you're missing one of the big ncaa games going on right now the so. big the the uh <laughs> it, jesse really has what i would call the the x factor yeah you bet sure. on teams that start with x no matter what the sport you Correct. just bet on teams where their their name starts with X. All right, we do have to also say thank you to uh, to our sponsor. the uh, The podcast is sponsored for the election series, the primary election series, 
by Wyland's Flowers, The Slick Pickle, and Big Bounce Inflatables. Uh, but this show in particular is Wyland's Flowers, which is the official flower florist of everybody on Boss Hog of Liberty when we've gotten married. We've all used Brianna and, uh, and the folks at Wyland's. They I think did a, uh, a phenomenal Day job. I went there for my, took my mother there. So, and they uh, they also hook up hooked up my uh, my my wonderful bride uh, on Valentine's Day. Nice. I, we got off of a cruise ship, and Sarah said that's not enough. I, I you still need to send me flowers. We got off on a Saturday. I think the, the Monday was was the holiday, and I I jumped uh, jumped in real quick with slim them. Pickens, and, and by four o'clock, a, a beautiful bouquet was delivered. Perfect. It was so, slim pickings when I was there. But the, the folks at uh, at Wyland's took good care I of took, us. Don't wait till the last minute to buy flowers. But if you do. And you can do it at any oh, time. Have, no, they still hooked us up. I'm just and, saying. And we had we had uh, Wyland's flowers in here just two weeks ago. Nice, uh, because uh, Nancy Custer sent uh, sent Dakota a, a, a nice a nice meat basket and and flowers. Perfect, phenomenal stuff. All right, Zach, we got a merch link. Is that to, is that? Do you still do that? Do you remember how that part works? I'm working on that. I was I'm working on linking Wyland's flowers Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> and I will then copy He's, in the link. I guess well, I'm working on all for, the links for yeah. being for being unpaid. He sure is grumpy. Um, oh man, I guess uh, you can still get your pandemic masks uh, over at the T chip store and uh, all kinds of different uh, T shirts as well. T shirts, hoodies, all all the balls hog merch. Plenty, uh, plenty of fun stuff. Let's let's get into it a little bit. Let's let's learn about the candidates. See what uh, see what what's got them motivated to run. This is the seat. If uh, if folks have been with us for a long time. Uh, Ed Tarantino uh, was on with us four years ago in the primary and in the general election. And Ed was elected uh, county commissioner. Ed is retiring after after four years. And these two fine gentlemen have stepped up and said, yes, I'm signing up. I want I want to get in on this government stuff. So let's let's start with Joe Wiley on my on my right. And Joe, introduce yourself to folks and how. How in the world did you decide, you know what I need to do? I need I need to be a county commissioner. Well, obviously, I did not decide that I wanted to be county commissioner until I heard that Ed Tarantino was not going to run for a second term, which meant that the seat would be open. So um, having served uh, in county government by uh, administrating the county highway department for a number of years, I and having been through many, many commissioner meetings and council meetings, and I, I thought that I would be able to add something. And so that's why I decided to run. And tell us about yourself a little bit. If, if folks are unfamiliar with you, what's your what's your background? My high school graduation was from Rushville Consolidated High School. I then attended Vincennes University on a two-year associate of science degree in law enforcement. I transferred my credits to Ball State University, where I received a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and corrections. I then got a job with the Indiana State Police, and during the first Four or five years, I was strictly a trooper assigned to Henry County. And then I went back to Ball State uh, during taking day classes and working in the evening. And I was attempting to get my teaching degree in industrial education. I did my student teaching at Muncie Southside. And all the while, I was still a full-time trooper. And at the at the conclusion of my Ball State time, I had three more classes to finish my teaching degree, but I didn't finish it because then the Indiana State Police, after a period of years, uh, put me in the position of an instructor at the Law Enforcement Academy. So I taught at the Indiana State Police Law Enforcement Academy for a number of years, 
and it was much easier than teaching high school shop class because <laughs> when you walked into the class as an instructor, they would snap to the position of attention until you told them to take their seats, and and uh, and things were much calmer there. And industrial education classes at at uh, Muncie Southside, which I enjoyed very much working with the students, but. I was more concerned about them cutting their fingers off with the jigsaw. <laughs> Safety seemed to be a, bit, a major concern. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I have those edu- that educational background uh, in addition to the number of educational programs I've been involved with, with the, when I was with the Indiana State Police. I served 25 years, um, 17 years as a trooper, a year and a half as a corporal, and then um, – six years as a sergeant in training division where the staff and, and myself, we teach the students how to shoot, fight, and drive and, and uh, be proper gentlemen and hopefully uphold the, the laws of the state of Indiana. And then um, I came back from the academy and served as an investigator here in Henry County for about a year and a half, and then I took my retirement Subsequently, I started working for the Henry County Highway Department as the administrator and served there for uh, 15 and a half years. And during that time, I I went to many educational courses through Purdue University that serves as, as the liaison for the local technical assistance program. <clears throat> All of the local governments in Indiana um, are allowed to take classes there. So I received a a degree as a road builder and then a, another degree as a master road builder with my time there. And I served as a president for the Indian Association of Highway Engineers and Supervisors. During that time, I was on the Association of Indiana Counties Board of Directors and also on the LTAP Board of Directors. And one real quick follow-up question from uh, from Christy Avery, uh, who's, who's one of our patrons. So she gets to ask these questions. She says, no lady troopers. <clears throat> Absolutely. There were many lady troopers through the years, and I had the opportunity to serve as in the academy. There were 620 troopers that went through while I was there, and there were many female troopers and a wide variety of, uh, of troopers. Awesome. All right. So, Joey, let's, let's spend t- some time with you. Tell us, tell us about yourself, what you've been doing, what your background is. All right. Well, my name is Joey Cooper. Um, I live up towards the Middletown area. Um, I used to be out in the country, um, but just like lots of people out there in podcast land who've dealt with government, I had to deal with the government many, many years ago. I had a septic issue. Um, I wanted to repair my septic tank. Um, The health board said, you're too close to a municipality that has sewers you got to tie in you got to tie in so i went to the town and i said i want to tie in my house here and they said we're not currently tying in anyone who's not in the city limits (laughs) the old catch 22 so rock and hard place so i am now annexed into i voluntarily annexed my property into the city or the town of middletown so i used to tell people i was fall creek Township resident only. Now I do live in Middletown due to that technicality. You so. didn't even have to move to get to the. Did city. not have to move. I, uh, I I I say stuff a lot like Sarah Palin. I live in Henry Township, but I can see Newcastle from my front porch. <laughs> I, I love five it. Five doors down from the city limits, where they have much higher taxes. So um, I'm married. Uh, my wife Carrie and I have been married uh, two decades. 
Um, we have three children. Um, they are 14, 14, and 10, all students at Shenandoah. Um, I've been uh, the holder of many different jobs over the years. Um, currently, I'm a paramedic firefighter at the City of Anderson Fire Department. Um, before that, I was a county employee here in uh, Henry County uh, for nine years and uh, served various jobs there, including uh, a paramedic, uh, supervisor, as well as director of the ambulance service. Um, prior to that, I was an educator uh, at St. Vincent's Hospital in Indianapolis, where I uh, served in the paramedic education department. Um, I've also uh, been a professional photographer as well as several other jobs over the years. So, uh, all right. So, tell us. I guess uh, we'll get to back to Joe in this as well. But Joey, what motivates you? And you, you obviously it's an open seat, and we need to have a county, a Northern District County Commissioner. But what makes you look at it and say, "This is the time I want to jump in and I want to get involved in this race"? Sure, that's a great question. Um, part of it is is experience. Um, as a as a county employee for many years, I I got a, a view just like Joe did of how the commissioners operate, what the job of the commissioners are. I feel like a large percentage of our population doesn't even know the job exists or what the job would be. Um, and then uh, I, I feel strongly that there needs to be civility in government. Um, sometimes we get um, a lot of uh, one issue candidates. They're mad about something. Their septic system needs hooked up, so they're running for county council because they didn't get hooked up like they wanted. Um, and I feel strongly that the people that need to be in office need to be um, people of integrity, people of experience who um, are ready for the next challenge, not fighting the last battle that was happening. Um, so an example of that would be um, any kind of controversy you've had in the past in the county. Um, oh, we have a list of them. Coming oh, I, I saw them. So I was looking <laughs> through it, and the one that caught my eye – uh, was Newcastle Motorsports Park because uh, that's near and dear to my heart. I love driving fast. I've I've raced out there before. Um, I've got a great story about breaking my arm out there. Um, but a lot of people don't remember when that came to the county how that how that worked. And it actually, was, it was originally supposed to be out in the Knightstown area. Knightstown that wound up in Spiceland. Yeah, and there was actually a pretty good uh, group of citizens and and people that were against it. Um, and of course, that looks silly twenty years later. You know, here we are in 2022 and we're going, you know, in 2003, we're all upset that there was going to be some go-karts and financially it's worked out from a, uh, putting us on the map standpoint, it's worked out. It's a great racing facility. They, they do a great job out there. Um, but at one point there were a lot of people who were against it. And, um, so we need people in office who are looking towards the future, making the right judgment calls on these, um, types of issues, um, we don't know what that's going to be. We don't know three years from now um, what development is coming, what what issue we're going to be talking about. Um, so I feel st very strongly that um, you need people who are, are passionate about um, civility in government. Um, we, we all have to respect each other's views and, and truly treat people like we want to be treated. Um, I've had a lot of good interactions with government. Um, there's a lot of good people in government, but there are people that get in, um, like I said, for single issue, they're mad about something, and then they don't know a thing about the rest of the issues out there. Um, and, and I would say that would be my biggest motivation is looking at there's not an issue that I'm passionate about right now other than 
wanting someone in there who's going to make the right call in the future for that issue that we don't even know is going to happen. And Joe, tell me about your your motives and in what says okay, 2022 is the year I'm going to I'm going to jump in and I want to run. I want to I want this I want this responsibility. Probably as, as much as anything from having served uh, for the number of years that I did with the highway department and having attended so many commissioner and council meetings. And like Joey mentioned that the single purpose, sometimes there's a single purpose that motivates someone. I, I sat through the years of, of uh, a lot of different uh, issues of which some of them are, that are listed on this piece of paper that we'll get to soon. But um uh, I guess most importantly, I need to say I am married and have been married for 20 years <laughs> to my lovely wife, Brenda. <laughs> Between the two of us, we have six children, 18 grandchildren. Thank you, Joey, for pointing that out. <laughs> but back to the uh, why I decided to run, I don't, I don't have a single specific issue, but I know someone needs to be in there that is informed, that can make decisions, and that can work with, with many individuals throughout the county and that not only includes throughout the county but you have a lot of opportunities to work with statewide organizations also that would bring ideas to the county that will help henry county grow and stay strong all right so that jesse you can help me expand on this but i the, the the first issue that i wanted to get into the first topic i wanted to get into is is how what does henry county look like in 10 years what we I mean, and joey tipped on this a little bit earlier but what do we think the community needs to do to be ready for the next 10 years to, to embrace whatever's coming next? Uh, that's a good question. And I mean, as a, as a young millennial or a middle-aged millennial living in, living in Knightstown, it's, it's gotta be an issue that, that matters to you is, is how Henry County can be relevant for to retain somebody like you. you yeah. You've got I, one of those big city jobs and you commute, but you choose to live here. Yeah, I was going to say, I think probably just trying to build out infrastructure for things that people care about um, as far as recreational. Um, it's probably going to be a big thing, I would imagine, in the next 10 years. Um, you know, younger people like to get out and walk around and move a little bit more than I would say, like, the generation, my generation, like, my generation and above. Um, and I don't probably partner a lot with hopefully the uh, uh, trying to remember the department economic development committee or group or whatever they're called to try to score more like white collar jobs. <laughs> um, I feel like that's total. That is almost completely missing um, for the most part. in in this County, there's some hybrid, right? There's like blue collar, white collar facilities, but there's not like just an office. So you just feel like if somebody's going to get a job here, it's you, in the career today. I had a great example. It was about four different factories in town that are that are hiring and what they're looking for. Yeah, you the, go work at Boarshead or TS well, Tech or whatever. The county needs to diversify their employment. So you'd, otherwise, you're going to have the same problem they had 30 years ago. <laughs> like eventually, the factories will move somewhere else because they're going to find cheaper labor. So, Joe, how do you how do you set up Henry County for the next decade? What's what's a, what's your view? I guess your your vision, so to speak, based on what I've been reading and hearing here in the last few weeks, 
not that it's going to be so many white collar jobs, but it's my understanding that Boar's Head is actually going to double in, in their size, which obviously would mean more jobs available. And I also heard that TS Tech was in the process of 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 creating more jobs. They happen to be two um, two employers that when they first came to Henry County, it was like the biggest news that we'd had for a long time back in 2006 when TS Tech first came and said they were going to build a, a factory there. It was very well welcomed and right there in the industrial park. And then the same with Boar's Head. It was just an incredible opportunity for a lot of people to get a job. And um, one of the things that mentioned about Knightstown, Indiana, for instance, one of the, one of the, uh, the opportunities that is being created by the food and beverage tax, which will be spoken about later is there's going to be some Wi-Fi expansion in, in, in Knightstown. And that's going to be something that's a positive. And, and I think they're doing the broadband, I believe, they just talked about that the last couple of meetings that they've had, but um, obviously the I live in a rural part of Henry County that I, I do have Wi-Fi, but it's it's not as strong as sometimes I think I wish it were. were. Right. But that's something that would be something that would be a positive for. So for and, you live in I assume either Blue River or Prairie Township somewhere up in the northeastern portion I live of the in county Stony Creek Township Stony Creek Man, you're the one guy Stony Creek Township the <laughs> golden gem of Henry County you can I honestly did you have to drive to Richmond to get here the one the one highway that goes through Stony Creek goes to Muncie and Richmond so no I'm <laughs> US 36 to 103 and I'm right here and straight on down uh at what what kind of broadband is available in Stony Creek is it well I have a I have New Lisbon Telephone, telegraph, telewoman. That's, that's what I have. <laughs> but they are very good. That's a very good company, and they have provided us with uh, with broad with with internet service for several years. Um, my antenna just blew off a couple of days ago. They came right up, fixed it, no problem. So we have internet. It and what I have is what's available, and I'm certain that there are other locations that have much faster. Internet, yeah. So the broadband that you're able to use is the what comes off of a grain tower or something and hits your house, and that you is need to clear line of sight. That's probably line of sight for the most yeah. part. It is line of sight. Yes, yeah. gotcha. Awesome, Joey. What's other than fixing Joe's internet and getting him to something from the last five years and get, getting that fiber out to his house? Uh, what what what's Henry County look like in ten? Well, years? I, I think the important thing to look at and is uh, quality of life. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, People don't want government to intrude in their lives, uh, but they are looking for the different units of government to work together to make this a better place to live. Uh, up there in Middletown, one of the things that they recently did was um, they converted one of the old railroad tracks into a um, walking, running, biking path. And I happen to know that that project has been in the works for over 20 years. It takes a lot of effort from a lot of people to make things like that happen. Um, but they finally paved it. Um, I go out there and run. My kids roller skate out there. It's awesome to have that. But it, it takes a lot of effort. Um, and it's not just one unit of government. It's multiple different units. Um, they received a grant, but then they have to get approval from this group and that group. And it, it took some people involved in government a long time to make that happen. Um, but that's what people are looking for. Um, obviously, Internet is a big deal. People need to work from home. They need to be able to... Um, have their kids stream all the important YouTube stuff that they stream. 
watch uh, watch a, watch an educational podcast at home on seven o'clock on a Thursday night. I don't to, know if you guys have to ever learn heard who your county commissioners are. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Norris Nuts, but they're a family from Australia that is very important that we watch their daily activities every day on YouTube. We need to know what this family is doing with no data caps. <laughs> So, uh, but it really, it comes down to quality of life. People are looking for those services from government, not intrusion from government. Um, sometimes those are, are, are tough issues for people because all of those services, all of that quality of life, it costs money. Um, people don't like taxes. They don't like that intrusion of government. However, um, when, when you're talking about making the county succeed, that's what it all comes down to um, is looking at how can we make this where people want to raise families. So the next the next item that I have that I have in our little primer here is that, is it something that Zach and I talk about all the time is we're you know we're sitting around the campfire and we like what what's what can Henry County do better and he said he tells me well they got to quit with these open door uh, violations uh, I'm I'm not making it up Zach, Zach this is literally Zach's Zach's big topic he he brings up all the time to me is that w- this keeps happening so I almost feel like the pandemic is the reason why we know we've had these problems because we've had meetings recorded on zoom and you know, some of the commissioners have had conversations. Maybe they're innocent. Maybe they're, they're not realizing that they're, they're making decisions outside of meetings, but we've, we've continued to see uh, act citizen activists file lawsuits with the, with the state of Indiana or file complaints. And the state says, yes, you Henry County, you've made a mistake and you're taking, you're doing activity outside of commissioners meetings. Uh, for the last four years as we've hosted the show, I've heard, I think every candidate to a T has said, yes, transparency, yes, transparency. We've seen that there are now live streams again of, of meetings uh, pr- produced by the County that are up on YouTube that we can watch. And you've, you've seen some additional, uh, a, a, some additional record uh, for the public to see, to, to observe what's happening. But we seem to have an issue where the county commissioner's office, not and that's not anybody sitting in this room. These are these are both two new gentlemen that are looking for the for the seat. But county government keeps getting its hand slapped with open door violations. Joe, do you have any comment on how what we can do better? What needs to change? If it's is it a, is the state law too restrictive? Is the county need to have a different process? What what can we do to keep getting in hot water? I think from my personal experience, if I were to serve as a Henry County Commissioner, one of the first things I'd want to do is to get up to speed on what the laws are. There's a county commissioner's conference held every year that goes over a lot of the basic rules and regulations that you have to adhere to. I'm aware of many of them, but as you have spoken about I am I'm also aware that there have been some violations. I wasn't there and didn't didn't realize that type of violation was going on, but I read about it in the newspaper and so forth. I I don't um I, I just can't imagine trying to do something behind closed doors when you know you're a public servant and you're there to serve the public and the open door concept is one that I would be very uh much adhering to and do my best to, to to make sure that that doesn't happen. Joey, from your side, do you have any views on? Well, uh, not from a county side, but from a state side, the, the, the Office of Public Access Counselor 
is only a counselor. Uh, when they have these violations, they come in. And this happens all over the state. It's not just Henry County that's had these violations. This happens frequently. Um, the counselor come in. They will look at the state law and they'll say, okay, here's our opinion. They'll even come in and do education. I believe um, if, if I didn't hear wrong, they actually came in and did education for Henry County government officials on this the first time. Um, the problem is there's there's no teeth to these statutes. Um, the, the state law basically is that this person counsels government on this and then it takes someone actually suing government. So somebody's got to go hire an attorney and make a big deal out of it. Um, so many times these violations happen. And if no citizen feels strongly enough to hire an attorney, they're not going to do anything about it, even if it happens over and over and over <coughs> again. Um, so that could be something the state could look at changing. Obviously, that would not be very popular with most sitting elected officials that, that um, they, they don't want the bother of that. Um, but the, the office does a good job in counseling, but that's as much power as they have. <clears throat> I, of course, water went down the wrong pipe, so I'm going to struggle for a moment, Jesse. You may have to, you may have to step up, <clears throat> tag team in here. The um, J- Zach, do you have anything else on that side on that on that issue? Do you feel like you're you're it's satisfied? Like his topic, so you yeah. should probably speak. Well, to him. Okay, in my defense, if people read the paper, it wasn't just the open door violations; it was what they did with the first open door violation and how that kind of came around on them a year and a half later when somebody got arrested. But. uh <laughs> <laughs> but like I'll, we could just move on yeah i mean i understand the one thing i will say with the commissioners i bet it was with some of it it was that a couple of them ran together like as a group as a team and so i bet it's really hard to then not meet and chat as a team outside of meetings but they need to learn to do that and, if you get elected. and i'll comment on this a little bit i've been to a lot of different government meetings over the years for different reasons and it is very obvious to someone in the audience which group has already had a prior meeting to decide what they're talking about and which groups haven't. I, I've been to government meetings where I see shouting matches and people yelling and getting upset. Where there's debate happening. Those are the meetings you go, wow, this is interesting. But the vast majority of meetings, you don't see that and you go, wow, these guys are really professional. It's almost like it's scripted. Um, and there are. There are school boards. There are town government that you go to these. And, and I know exactly what's happening, but I don't think a lot of the public kind of keys in that this is scripted. They've already decided these issues that we're having a hearing about something that's important to this neighborhood, but the hearing is just a formality. We've already made the decision. Um, and that's unfortunate. So am I hearing from you that your view on, on a commissioner's meeting is that you'll make your decisions in the room when you're there, or do you have an expectation that, Hey, I'm running for office and, what I'm talking about today is what I'm going to believe two years from now when I'm a county commissioner. Well, I, I think it would be legal to make those decisions ahead of time. Um, and I think Joe agrees completely that right. that's the purpose of those meetings and the idea of letting the public there so that they can see how those decisions are made. Um, so if you're trying to get around that, you're hiding something from the public and none of these decisions, as Joe said, should be made in private. Yeah. All right. I think we've I think we've flogged that one to the end of time. So let's move on to the ever popular topic of land use in Henry County. This is the bane of of our existence, and I've I've been calling it the third rail of Henry County politics for the last decade, and it's it's continued to to fester and and just become frustrating. And I hope I I really do hope that we can find a way that you know when we're talking ten years from now, it's not over government deciding how we're going to live together, but we're gonna we're gonna go here. 
I have a list of projects that I that are they're in the show notes. If you're a patron, you've got this. But we've had we've had county commissioners and planning commissions that have turned down asphalt plants, ethanol facilities, solar farms, wind farms, and just simply rezoning the the property on 300 South that I guess is now targeted to be a youth sports facility. But it was it was in 2018. It was a major controversy of being potentially light commercial and commissioners allowing that. Every single property seem and development seems to be a political hot topic issue. Should the commissioners be getting involved? And I guess we should start with Joe because we just finished with Joey. Should the commissioners be getting involved in arbitrating each of these zoning decisions on specific projects? Or is it, hey, the zoning administrator does their job and, and it, it, the rules are what they are? It's my understanding the way it works now is the zoning administrator, obviously, in the in the zoning board makes their recommendation and the commissioners can either choose to accept them or, or reject that, that particular issue. The, the events that you've mentioned, the asphalt plant, the ethanol plant, the wind and the solar, all of those topics were covered in commissioner meetings and planning and zoning meetings during the time while I was working at the county highway department, the asphalt plant, for instance, was seemed to be a, a logical thing to happen in Henry County since if Henry County roads need to be paved, they need to go to someplace out of county to get the hot mix asphalt. Trucking is a huge cost to, to building roads. So the concept of having a plant located in Henry County, for one, was going to at some point reduce the cost of making hot mix asphalt roads in Henry County. The plant was was turned down on two different occasions and it was as a result of the the citizens saying, no, not here, not 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 here. So it went through the process and it was turned down. And the ethanol, there were two ethanol plants that were originally received approval. One was north of town one was out east of town and then there was a change of of commissioners and and then they ended up saying no it's it's not approved it's no no go at that time it seemed like there were a lot of people that were excited about selling their corn to the plant that would be located in henry county rather than going up into randolph county or down into shelby county that that didn't happen and then started what to this point is probably has probably been about a nine year uh, topic of the wind and started out with a with a company that came in and they had a local salesman that came in and gave a spiel to the commissioners and to the planning board about how we're going to build these turbines going to bring lots of money. <clears throat> there were a number of people that were all the commissioners, all the council members, and some other citizens, we took a trip up to White County after they had constructed their wind turbines. If you go north on 65, north of Indianapolis, on the west on the west side of the road is Benton County, and they have wind turbines, and on the right side of the road or the east side of the road is uh, White County. And we toured the wind turbines in White County, and you would drive around the county roads that were 24 foot wide and had large 
ditches on each side and everything looked so pleasant and so nice. But one thing that was missing was houses. It was in a very rural part of White County, and White County is the same place where Indiana, um, the park is up there, Indiana, Be- Indiana Beach. But White Indiana Beach is located in the northern part of the county, so the southern part of the county is where all these wind turbines were. And uh, it was very impressive. Now, if you go over to Benton County, when they started their turbine, the wind industrial turbines, uh, they came in and built the turbines. Then they redid the roads because they just completely demolished the roads. White County said, no, we're not going to do that. You're going to fix our roads, and then you can build your turbines. And they did. And White County residents, the number of one, the number of residents that we spoke with as a as a group from Henry County to go up there and visit, we spoke with a lot of friendly people and a lot of happy people that were getting money from these wind turbine companies. But once again, not a lot of population where the turbines were located. You could drive a mile, a mile square, and there might be one or two houses and and four or five or ten or twelve turbines. That's what I saw when I was up there. I came back to Henry County and and then as the years went on and the commissioner meetings became very, very immersed in anti-wind. And so for a period of years, it was um, very apparent that the majority of the vocal population of Henry County were definitely not in favor of wind. That was That's what I saw. And then the solar kind of came along as the newest newest thing, and obviously we have some solar farms in Henry County <clears throat> that are owned by public utilities, and then there's one that's going in in Henry County now down in the southern part of Henry County, and it uh, appears to be a rather large operation from what I've seen of down there. Um, they at this point that they've trashed the road, but I think they're going to to do something about that. But it it seems as though that the Bob Seeger song about against the wind. It seems like even though it's been years going, it seems like the majority of the public that have spoken about it. I, thought, remain, I, really, I really thought you were going to go turn the page on me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to turn the page. <laughs> I really thought that's where he was going, Jesse. So, solar moratorium. Any any opinion on that side? I, I have asked the commissioners, and as it stands right now, there is a solar moratorium. With with what I understand, there is not a expiration date on that, but there is a large solar farm going in in Southern Henry County. The Bellflower Project is is that's already correct. approved and right. is actively being built. Yes, but. Uh, anything beyond that there's a moratorium for future that's my understanding okay all right joey third rail let's go let's let's see (laughs) if i can step on it and just fry myself so uh one thing that we have to be careful about is and and i joke with people about this i said the the one thing that i know about henry county is we're against everything and i saw your list and i thought there's actually some projects on here that we have campaigned against as a community that aren't even on your list. Oh, this uh, is not all-inclusive. <laughs> p- peaking plants on the west side of the county. Uh, that's probably 25 years old now. Uh, there were people with signs picketing. Absolutely. Uh, our, our drinking water was going to be gone. Everyone was going to have cancer. Um, Aaron Brockovich came to Henry County. Yes. He's right. 
Um, and and she looks a lot like Julia Roberts. Yeah. It's amazing. I saw her in person. I was like, wow, she Mer- does look a lot like her. Mercifully, that was the period of time I actually was a Rush County resident for <laughs> a couple you? of years. So I, was, I missed out on it. So the, the issue that we have, and, and, and my point is, we, we can't be against everything. That doesn't mean that every idea that comes across the, the, the desk of the commissioners needs to be approved. Um, I have relatives who have lived in an area where a wind farm was built, um, more northern Indiana. Um, I asked them their opinion of it. You have a house right here in your backyard. You're looking at wind turbines. And they said, yeah, we're, we're moving. We're building a house somewhere else. And they did. Um, they absolutely hated it. Um, to me, that comes back to that quality of life thing. Um, we got to look at, is it, is it worth the tax revenue that we're bringing in um, if no one's going to want to live here? Um, now that's not the same with every single one of these projects. And that's why it's important to do these hearings, do the research, find out about it. Um, I don't know a whole lot of people who moved away because of the peaking plant. Um, it, it doesn't make a lot of noise. It didn't use up all the water. Um, it's not a nuisance. Is it the prettiest building there ever was? No. Um, but they pay their taxes. So each of those projects need to be looked at individually. Do you have, if you're elected, would you be in favor of continuing a moratorium on solar or is that something you'd be willing to to look at i i would think it would have to be looked at um again i don't know a whole lot about does that cause people to move to another county um wind turbines i, I mean the people yeah. spoke loud I, and clear I this think, is something they did not want in this county i think that one is an obvious issue to anybody that's getting into this in, into this field that henry county is not sure. going to be a place for. but we have to be careful to, to get that reputation that we're just against everything because that's not truly what what this county is about um but confined feeding operations um that there was a lot of hysteria about that many years ago ultimately um, that one they they worked out a scoring system and we found a way to live peacefully with with that and it I think the commissioners and the, the committee that worked on that did a really good job of building a scoring system that took the politics out of it. Yeah. So you didn't have to go before a board every time you wanted to build it. If you met certain requirements, you could just move forward. Really a nice model. Um, all right, Joey, let's stay with you. Um, Henry County Memorial Park has, uh, has had about 20 park board members in the last seven years, me among them. Uh, I did uh, I did a short tour of duty, uh, and there's been two superintendents where I think there's an opening. I don't know that they've hired a, a replacement superintendent yet. Uh, this county commissioners appoint the park board members, um, and that board has to work alongside uh, at Henry County Expo Center, Henry County Saddle Club, a golf course, the Henry County Forge Association. Uh, a new veterans museum that's a that's a 501c3 as well um what's what's your vision for memorial park what does it look like it's you know the biggest public space that's owned and operated by the county uh and jesse was just talking about how younger millennial millennials and gen z care about their open space and their trails etc what what do you view the future of memorial park sure um I've been going to Memorial Park since I was a kid. That was always our family tradition. Go to Fourth uh, of July fireworks. We we spent the whole day having a picnic and and enjoying that. Um, so it's near and dear to my heart. Um, you 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 hit on the big issue with Memorial Park, which is there's so many groups involved. 
Uh, you have different boards. You have different organizations. You have people with strong opinions. Um, and unfortunately, what's happened, and it's a matter of reputation, and, and once you tarnish a reputation, it takes a whole lot longer to build it back. But now the park has a reputation that it is a, it's just a wasteland of political infighting. Um, and so you have people, good people, who don't want to serve on those boards anymore. You have people who don't want to be involved because of that reputation. And that might not be an a, uh, earned reputation, but it's there now. And so that's the biggest challenge is, is coming, bringing those groups back together and saying, hey, we got to work together um, to, to look like that we, we can manage this property. Um, and so the, the truth of the matter is it's probably not as much of a mess as we all believe it to be. It's just that reputation. It's been tarnished. Um, and I don't think there's an overnight solution to that. It's going to take a lot of work from people um, because people have read in the newspaper. They've heard on podcasts. That they believe that they don't want to be involved with that, um, and that's unfortunate um, because there have been a lot of good people who've been working to try to do good things out there. Um, but it's a complex situation. Uh, my kids are in 4-H, so we, we use the park from from that standpoint. Um, you have the saddle club, um, you have a golf course, you, you have all these different groups. Um, there's now a uh, a veterans. Uh, museum there with a lot of good people there that are running that um but but you have this reputation that anything any issue any change is going to be a big political blow up so nobody even wants to touch it and that and that's unfortunate uh, because it is such a great property joe any thoughts on the park well i think it's unfolding as we speak literally i just left a council meeting where they were talking about obviously talking about the expo and the the Veterans Museum got some money from the food and beverage to do some work there, and it's uh, obviously they've done a very nice job putting together the Veterans Museum and and uh, what they did with the uh, revitalization of the Smith Building uh, looks very nice and the big the large shelter they've done a lot of work with that so there's been a lot of good work done by people but the explosiveness of the Interviews that literally have appeared on the front page of the newspaper about the park board is something that we're going to have to go get beyond. We have a very, very nice park that I, my parents took me there to ride the curlicue slide when I was a kid, and it's just it's always been a it's it's always been a very special place in my heart. When when I was working there at the highway department, they had one of the longtime park uh, superintendents left his position and uh they had me overseeing it for about two months so i was over there periodically then with the highway department and then going to the park board meetings and understanding a little bit about the finances and so forth and i know it's a difficult thing to finance the park board and finance the park expenses years years and years ago they had a they had a, a tax that was specifically for that park, and there were there was there were monies available to the memorial park. That obviously is not has been long gone, but the park is a very important part of our county, and it's one that we need to get a handle on, and hopefully sooner than later. All right. Any uh, anything from you, Jesse, on the park issue? You're, you. 
you're obviously a Henry County citizen, but you're not you're not in tune with the you know. I don't think you have regular activities to bring you out there, but you've you've no. seen it from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we used to go to it, yeah. Obviously, when we were younger, um, I, I don't I don't go to the the fireworks show as often anymore. But um, I just when we did go when we were younger, I felt like it was huge. I feel like there was like tons and tons of people and a lot of partying, like legit partying, and not just like hanging out. Um, Probably like you're saying, like all an all day event. I don't feel like it's an all day event anymore. I feel like people show up. I, I could correct me if I'm wrong. Is it? I feel like people show up like right when it's starting to happen. When, for the for the Fourth of July fireworks. Yeah. Oh, it's an all day thing. Yeah, yeah I think the, I think people put their stuff I just, up the I night don't before. Know. And it's a, it's a, before it's the pandemic. Adventure. It was yeah. still a big okay. thing. I don't know. Yeah. That Recently. field, the field that's right there on three, uh, where they have soccer, would fill up. Yeah, like all day, and you'd have people <clears throat> barbecuing, and I was say, probably what hurt what hurts the park is probably not being able to get to it easily on foot. Like it's probably its biggest like downfall. But people probably don't get there as often as they would if they could get there easier on foot. So maybe solving that problem, put more attention on it, more people maybe want to get involved. But um, you you I, highlighted also, you highlighted the fireworks, and I think that is an important question, and we can ask Joey. The park board has said that they've lost their sponsor in, in Citizen State <clears throat> Bank. They've, you know, they've they had it for a very long period of time, and now the park is saying, "Hey, we they're applying for food and beverage money to pay, I guess, for this year or maybe the next two years of fireworks." Is that food and beverage the right place to go? Should the commissioners be funding that out of the general fund? Should we find find a way to find another independent sponsor? Uh, I haven't studied it extensively, however. Um, Fourth of July fireworks is a big draw. So my first gut reaction when you say visitor uh, and beverage money, to me, that makes sense. You're bringing people into the community. They're going to be eating at restaurants. They're going to go um, uh, visit the community. I feel like that that makes sense. Um, when you have a sponsor that's paying for it, it's that much better. Um, so, so I don't know um, what the cost would be. Um, my guess would be it probably is not cheap to set off all those fireworks. I, I want to say it's a twenty-five to thirty thousand dollar a year expense. If, sure. if, I, if I'm going off off that's, memory, that's what they applied for through the food and beverage. And based on their meeting that they had Monday, it was not included in the funding. But the mayor was there and indicated that there there was going to be sponsorship for the fireworks, and it's. And it's a, a very big, big operation. Obviously, in 2021, it was a, it, it it came back, and it was it was as big as ever. Uh, how did they fund it that year? I don't have an answer yeah, for I that. Don't I don't. I don't know. I just I was going to say the optics, right, of taking taxpayer money and blowing it up is pretty bad from my perspective. But uh, me and Jeremiah made a, several jokes on it at our, you know. <laughs> discretion it just is like you know i feel like there's other things we could i feel like maybe people don't do want to do the hard work i don't know to like we have it's, a lot of businesses just go ask them for money yeah i i, I, <laughs> I think maybe, it's one of those things where it, it it's a difficult to figure out how we as a community everyone would say we value fireworks we love that but how do we pay for it? you you can't charge admission because people can sit in their backyards and see it so right. you've got to find that sponsorship or or that tax revenue uh, way to pay for it and we got to look at it from a government standpoint is, is there enough benefit um to the community for that uh, but there's yeah. lots of lots of events like that that are important so we'll stay with joey uh 
I listed some items on here that I think are some marketable assets of Henry County, and I, I, I guess this is a this is a very broad area of what you know. What do you think the assets are? What do you think draws people into the community? What do you think sets Henry County apart? And I, I said, hey, we have Westwood, we have Summit Lake State Park, we've got obviously a, a basketball heritage with the Hall of Fame, with the world's largest and finest field house, with the, the Knightstown uh, Hoosier Gym. Uh, we, we've got a major push for youth sports. We've got the Henry County Saddle Club, NCMP, Newcastle Motorsports Park, with you know the motorsports folks that come in from all over the all over the world to, to Newcastle to to do high end go kart racing. What's what's the gem? What do we what do we market? What's exciting for Henry I, County? I what think, makes us unique? I think you hit all of them. I mean, those are those are all great great reasons. Um, I spend a lot of my time at Summit Lake. Um, I'm a, a nature and wildlife enthusiast and it's amazing uh the wildlife we have out there and it's just a beautiful beautiful place um they're doing a lot of work to restore prairie lands out around the park and um anyone who hasn't been out there needs to go out there um we mentioned earlier newcastle motorsports park i'm passionate about that um i i love racing i love going fast um i'm not allowed to anymore um our twins were uh about three months old when I broke my arm racing out there, and my wife is like, "No more racing, you're done." See, if if this was me, I flipped that cart good. I would have I would have tried <laughs> to renegotiate, and I would have said, "No more go karts," but I'm okay with a roll cage. <laughs> like I would have I. <laughs> so, I'm, uh, but I'm a sales guy, so I'm a negotiator, Joey. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So, but but you, you've hit all the good ones. Um, the the uh, uh, the gym down in Knightstown. I've gone to many, many events down there. Every time I walk in there, I'm like, "This is this is cool. This is neat. This is this is awesome." That people have put so much effort into keeping that open and used. Um, my girls throughout Girl Scouts have had many, many events down there, um, and every single time that I'd walk in there, I'd be like, "This this is awesome." Um, and, and I like how on social media that the uh, the historic gym will post pictures of groups from all over the country that come just to. Shoot the basketball around. Take their picture. Uh, it's a it's a neat place. And we'll go from Joey to Joe. This is you guys. Uh, you got to have a J name to run for this office. And obviously, it's it's hard to disagree with with the list that you've provided, and all of those are are gems of the county. I happen to live across the road from Summit Lake State Park, and at first, when we first started this campaign, I was beginning to think he was stalking me. Because he's always got that big long camera lens out. I was in his driveway taking pictures. He's, he's out there looking. <laughs> he's that's extra creepy. Looking he, to see what Joe's wearing today. And got photos I mean, just, just today alone. The eagles were just soaring over my house, and I wasn't bothering them. I was just watching them to see what they were going to get to eat. But but uh, Joey's out there in the weeds with that camera, <laughs> and he does he does uh, provide some beautiful pictures. Does he wear a ghillie it. suit when he shows I, up in your yard? <laughs> nature paparazzi <laughs> popping out of shrubs. I'll, I'll not go there. <laughs> well, at least he's close. But he uh, and and all the the I mean the Westwood Park is 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 beautiful. Um, the the horse trails that they have there are just incredible. He mentioned Joey mentioned the. The walking trail and the running trail, biking trail there through Middletown and the other trails that we have, that uh, Jeff Ray and the healthy communities have worked on for so long. Uh, we have a number of trails. When I was on the side of working with the county highway department, when we would apply for monies, there there were always monies set aside by the state for for green purposes, for trails. And I always wish that 
we could have more road money instead of more trail money. But the fact is the state saw to it years and years ago to set aside money for trails, and that's where they've gotten their grant money from. And uh, the commissioners have been have have used their their number to apply to apply for those grants, and it's worked out very well. Jeff Ray and that group have done a good job. You did mention roads, and it's probably a good time to work in a question that I saw come up in our chat from City Councilman in Newcastle City Councilman Mike Guffey, uh, and he said uh, he would like to have the input of the candidates on your thoughts on the proposed I seventy and one hundred three interchange. So right now, there's not an interchange there, but uh, it's the uh, uh, the Jerry Walden, uh, it's not a memorial. So that would be terrible to say it's the Jerry Walden Memorial Interchange, but that's the, uh, that's the honorary, the honorary, uh, that's the old Kenny Schrader joke. He wants the, the Kenny Schrader Memorial race while he's still living out at, uh, I 55 Speedway, the Jerry Walden Interchange or any, any views on, on bringing that to Henry County, Joe? My personal opinion would be, I think it would be great to have an interchange at one Oh three and I 70. I can't imagine that it's in the works in the next four or five years, or we would have heard about it. Like we've heard about the fact that they're studying to put a, a roundabout at, at the west leg of where US 40 goes south to State Road 3. And then the what I saw in the paper was they were actually talking about one at US, 30, US 36 and, and Raider Road. Those are the two places that I've heard that they're talking about a roundabout, which would bring us up to Hamilton County standards. <laughs> it would be right there with them. But I mean, would, would you see an advocacy for it? Because I, 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 I think you've seen the city council, a number of city council members step up and say, hey, yes, we want this for Newcastle. So would you see, would you see a benefit for, for the county to, to step up and make, you know, I, we, we've been asking this question of the folks running for, for state representative as well. Um, is it something that they that the commissioner is getting involved would move the needle on. I would, I would think that the commissioners of Henry County would have some opportunity to voice their opinion about that, about that particular topic. I just, I just know that would be a, a very much an end dot uh, deal because of the expense and so forth. And, and how many times do you see them put new interchanges in ex- unless it's a two ten mile marker going to, Hamilton Town Center or something like that. I was going to yeah. say, there's, I, this is obviously Henry County news, but in Hancock County, they have this like idea that 1050 where Eastern Hancock right. is, they believe that one day this is going to happen. And it would make probably more sense for that one to actually exist because they, to get there, you have to get off at Greenfield or Nice Town, like backpack. But, um, I, I, to me, I didn't even know this was a thing, but it, it seems like it's just going to be one of those like rumors that continue for a decade or two, and, and it never and comes in to the fruition. northern end of the county. The closest interchange we have is I sixty nine two thirty six. I've lived there my whole life. People have been talking about wouldn't that be great? Um, and from a convenience standpoint, as someone who drives over the interstate into another city through twelve stoplights to get on, I've always thought, man, that would be awesome. Um, however, there's so many issues with that land use. Is there enough space for it? Um, is this in the original design of the interstate? As Joe said, it's a it's a big in-dot thing. And for my entire life, it's never happened at 236 and I-69. Yeah. Um, and we did hear on, I think, last week or two weeks ago on the show uh, that in-dot is planning on redoing that 236 bridge like next year. Sure. So 
the bridge is about to fall down. Yeah, so that's you're, probably you're gonna, a good idea. You're gonna find it. You're gonna find a new bridge there, but unless <laughs> something happens really quickly, you're not gonna yeah, see it, that. It, interchange it probably happen. isn't gonna happen. Now, um, Joe did bring up roundabouts, which which um, I love talking about because um, a, as a paramedic, I go on a lot of car accidents. Um, this, this is something we see a lot, and um, I have co or. Uh, Paramedics that I know that that work in Hamilton County where they have a lot of roundabouts and they say it's the boringest job now because they don't have good wrecks anymore. I don't know that when they when they put the roundabout in there on the south, uh, the, just north of I-69 and Anderson, I saw an awful lot of people turn left into that thing it, over so, by the beach. So they actually uh, like Iowa is real big on roundabouts right now. So let's you know. We don't want to be like Hamilton County, but we could be like Iowa. Iowa has done studies, and they've shown a 90% reduction in fatal crashes at intersections. Well, I, I mean, that's say, huge. I was going to say that's that huge. would be my fear. Like, if you put in more ex- interchanges, you're going to have way more accidents there, just like you do at 109. And, yeah. Um, so, but I know that's controversial, but yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of roundabouts. Uh, I hate I sitting in traffic, and I love moving. I love going fast, and you can go fast around a roundabout. I just hate sitting in traffic waiting on that light to turn. I think um, for state roads coming together in a somewhat rural area, which is what we see at 70 and uh, rather at 40 and 3, it's very similar to what you see in North Vernon with the new Highway 50 and 3 and 7 and some other others that intersect there. And I think they, they do work perfectly, and I think it's a very similar location, which you have down, down in Jennings County to Henry. So. Uh, they are expensive to build. They take up a lot of, of land. Um, one one thing that Iowa, whenever people question them on all the roundabouts they're putting in, that they put out the number that one fatality on the roadway costs society $6 million. Uh, you've got lost earnings. You've got medical bills. You've got uh, insurance claims, lawsuits, attorneys. It's a big drag on everybody to have a fatal accident. So if you can reduce those accidents on your roadways um, – there's a huge savings. Now there's an investment up front. It costs a lot of money to build these. And we're, we're spending a lot of time talking about state roads now. And obviously the commissioners have, have a view on County or over County roads. Do you have any input? Oh, you get the chance before Joe. Cause I know well, if, I, if I give Joe the road question first, it could, sure. it could he, go 25, he, 30 minutes. He's the expert on this. My, <laughs> my, from my experience as a volunteer firefighter for the last very long time, um, the, the intersection that is a county road with a state road that is very, very dangerous is Raider Road and 36. Um, there's a house that's very close there. Um, to me, that needs some work. And, of course, that would be cooperation between NDOT and the county to kind of figure out what the solution would be there. Um, you have school traffic. You have all the traffic from Middletown coming towards Newcastle. There's really no other way out of Middletown. Um, and so, to me that needs looked at what, what the solution should be there. Um, a roundabout would make a lot of sense. All right, Mr. Wiley. The, is the question about roads? <laughs> yes. But essentially <laughs> county it's, roads, it's, but, it's, it, it, the commissioners and County roads. And if you think we're in a good path, any, any major changes or strategy that we need to change? And I'd, We'll give you two minutes because I know you could literally a, go for You could teach the class on this. As an Indiana State Police officer, as a trooper working this county, I, I found my way around the county for years and thought we need some work on these roads. And then when I was available after I took my retirement, um, I spoke with the commissioners and they were offered me the job. And 
I spent almost 16 years scratching my head trying to figure out how to fix the problems that are are the county roads. The monies that were available, I hope to think that we spent them properly. I hope to think that we did some things that helped roads become safer, but there was never enough money, never enough people, and the construction season in Henry County in Indiana is only from one finger to the next. It's only a few months when it comes to when you can actually use hot mix asphalt or chip seal. Um, the The funding is such that the money to fix county roads in Henry County comes from the Motor Vehicle Highway Fund. The Motor Vehicle Highway Fund gets its money from gas tax. In the state of Indiana, when a person purchases a gallon of gasoline or on-road diesel, they pay X amount of pennies in gas tax for every gallon. That money is collected at the state level and divvied out by formula to the to all of the participating the counties and cities and municipalities that have roads. And that's where the money comes from. It doesn't come from anything else other than the the road tax. That's what pays for the road repairs in Henry County. And then in addition to that, for many years we were successful and getting community crossing grant money, a million dollars a year for five or six years in a row. Been a very good program based through the state of Indiana. The money is is funneled through because of the gas tax, but many counties and municipalities have taken advantage of that. Mount Summit has taken advantage of it. Uh, Middletown, other communities, Knightstown, other communities in, in Henry County have taken advantage of the, the community crossing grant fund. And then the, obviously the big, the big money is in the bridges and the, there is a, there is monies available to apply for to get federal aid money to replace and repair bridges. And of which there's 136 in Henry County that are in excess of 20 feet long. That's, there's, there's a lot of money that have, has been spent, will continue to be spent. And it's just directing and coming up with a, with what roads need to be fixed and what roads need to have work on. That's a, a question that has always been around and will continue to be around. They, they, we can score the roads with different uh, factors as far as which ones are the most traveled, which ones have the most residences on them that people use the road or or a various a number of various reasons as to how you score them, but the determination needs to be where can we spend these valuable dollars that we have to make Henry County roads safer and 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 less pothole filled. This is the this is pothole season. This this freestyle cycle between now and about mid April is the uh, you're going to get peak uh, peak potholes. All right, so let's let's talk just real briefly, and we don't have to spend much time on this at all. But the Henry County Detention Center opened this week, and it's been a big issue in county government. Do you have any 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 views on on the new facility and how, if it needs support? If it's are we on a good path and we're good to go? I've listened to the commissioners and the council talk about this for twelve years, I think, and and uh, at twenty minutes till three yesterday, I pulled in the parking lot of the new Henry County. Justice Center Sheriff's Office, and I was about 200th in line. <laughs> it, was a, it was a beautiful day. It was a wonderful turnout. Cannot believe how nice it is, and it's here in Henry County. 
And Sheriff McCorkle made the statement that it was that actually came in under budget and something to the tune of twenty three million dollars, I believe, is what I read. Um, but the facility itself is something like you like you would like we saw on TV several years ago with uh, I think Oz or one of those prison TV shows where they would have the pods and they have the the guards are up above looking down through. It's a, it's an extremely well built building. It appears. Uh, the the ground the six point six acres was obtained through the state of Indiana. Tom Saunders stated that he had made some contacts with with the Department of Administration and and the the ground was actually given to Henry County, which was at a savings of seven hundred some thousand dollars. And then and then the plans, as I understood, uh, there was two different counties that had just recently received state approval for a specific plan for a jail. That's what we want, so we're going to use those plans that have been approved. They just copied and pasted it. There was a there was a lot of money saved by doing it that way, according to what I heard yesterday from the commissioners and the council and and the sheriff and so forth. It it appears to me to be a a, a gem of the county, even though it's the detention center, but it's got the treatment facilities for obviously. Uh, the folks that need treatment, there's there's going to be classes. They've got a program set up to where they they'll be able to, to hopefully help some folks that need help uh, rather than just incarceration. And uh, but it, it was very impressive, very impressive. Very good, Joey. Any comments on the new detention center? Well, I I think it's a difficult thing for taxpayers to get excited about paying for a jail. I quick survey. Guys in the room, how many of you have been in the jail in I, Henry County? I've been I, when I ran for county council. I visited the other one. Okay, but I've um, never I've never been in. in Joe, Joe, you've been in there. I've been in there. Have you been? Nope. Producer, Zach, no, I've never no. been. I've, I've, okay, I've, so I may never see our, like, our current facility. I was not an inmate. I I was there on medical calls many times. It was um, horrific. It was horrible. Yeah. It was absolutely horrible. It was inhumane, and that's why the lawsuits came. Um, it was a bad facility. It was it was overburdened. So it is good to see that being built. Um, again, I'm a taxpayer who doesn't get super excited about not building schools, but building detention centers. But it's it's needed, um, and it, it was far far overdue. Um, the old facility was just. I mean, they had stacked people on top of people. Um, there were holes in the walls to the outside. Um, they could get contraband right to the street so they had to put a fence around it just to keep the people back from the walls i mean the sewage situation was horrible the whole thing was just disgusting so um from that standpoint it's good that we have a modern facility um but again it's hard to get too excited about spending money on that so now that bob seeger and we can actually turn the page we've accomplished something and we move on we move on to what's next is there any plans for the old building uh what I had heard was they're going to use that for uh, some record keeping. Um, there's there's a lot of county records that have to be kept forever. Um, they didn't put any space in the new building for that. They're in. Uh, we have to keep the other one. They're just- in various buildings. And then I had heard a rumor they might be putting some of the EMTs over there. And I'm like, wow. It was that we, doesn't we, happen. We it's just a disgusting said it's uninhabitable. It's a and disgusting building. And, and, and y'all, when I heard EMTs that, I was like, wow. well, the, doesn't the EMT money come from the Food and beverage tax? There is there is no tax money that goes towards the EMTs in Henry County. It's all from billing of the ambulance runs. Uh, what was uh, the thing that they used for, oh. that we went to a meeting for? They used some COVID money to buy an ambulance. Oh, this was way before that. Yeah. We went to a meeting up at the park, 
And they were, because we were like, look, they're raising your taxes like 70%, which was. There was a public, a public like safety cents, uh, tax. That wasn't, that's, that's not, not for, that's not for the ambulance service. Okay. Yeah. That would be for other. That, other that paid for other, yeah. Some other, other various items. That was a five, five, six year ago issue. But yeah. Hopefully we do not put the EMTs in jail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey, let's, let's talk about an issue that, that, uh, that has never, we've never seen any traction on this, but we've discussed it on boss hog a number of times. Are you aware that to have backyard chickens in Henry County, you're supposed to have five acres of land? I did not know that. So if, if there's a 4-H family that wants to raise two hens or if you're coming out of a pandemic and you can't, you got empty grocery store shelves, you can't have two or three hens in your yard. They'll sell you the thing at Rural King, the little, the little chicken coop that's all self-contained and good to go. You can buy your chicken feed. You can get all of this stuff. But you can't legally cite it. And in fact, the zoning administrator and the health department will come out and they'll red tag you and take your chickens away. And I God only knows what what pot they put the chicken in when they kill it on you. But it it you gotta have five acres to have backyard chickens. Sure. I, I have no information about chickens. Um our family is in the rabbit business uh through four H. We we've done My a, God, I don't even know about rabbits. They rabbits can, they can are be in amazing. danger as well. Um, we currently do not have any rabbits in our backyard, though. We we borrow some space from a farmer nearby. Um, our first rabbit that that Audrey got, um, she named it. She had a little cage for it. She we 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 bought the little thing, the enclosure. We put it behind our little shed. She went out two nights later, came back in. She goes, "I think something's wrong with Rosie. It had died." So we haven't had a lot of good luck with residential rabbits so we're now at a farm where they they have the proper ventilation all that so um have you looked into the marion county indianapolis situation with chickens downtown have you heard about this there 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 is a there's an indianapolis star reporter i believe who owns some chickens so it's become a big issue down there um marion county has famously had resident has had do they allow poultry yes yes they have legal legalized so if they allow it Come on. <laughs> five acres you need to have you're to have a chicken. To, you're supposed to have five acres to have any hen. So and it, coming out of the pandemic, I think I think people can see you go to you go to Kroger and the, the it's not there. So you can't you know, you can plant a garden. Yeah. But you can't you can't have your own, you know. Now I, I do roosters, have just, I do have some friends of mine that um just hens. live out in the country. They famously have had loose chickens. And they actually got sued because a vehicle crashed in front of their property and uh, when the accident report was done, they said they swore for a chicken and their insurance companies got their attorneys and said, that's not our fault. And they actually got sued because of it. So I know you can't have loose chickens or you will be held liable for it. Yeah. We can't be the key West of, of, of Eastern Indiana. <laughs> Those things are fun. They'll come right up to you at the restaurant. Joe, any, any thoughts on, uh, on backyard chickens or does my, do my chickens have to identify as parakeets? Cause those I, are legal. I asked one of the commissioners prior to this meeting because I have not done any research on backyard chickens. I had llamas, and years ago, to go along with Joey's story, I my one of my sons had a a rabbit in 4-H, and we had him tattooed like you're supposed to. And uh, I say him, we thought it was a her, <laughs> and found out that <laughs> had a sex change between we, the tattoo and the we actually the had to go back through the book. And white out all the he and put she, or put all the she's and put he, but it turned into um, to Wambo Wabbit. But uh, at any rate, that was the rabbit story. 
and the this, the answer I got from the commissioner was that there was there's a five five acre plot in order to have livestock. I said I'm not talking about livestock. I'm talking about chickens, chickens, chickens. What about chickens? He said, Well, I don't know. So I don't have an answer for you. I I'm here to tell you that chickens are are viewed as livestock. So my my. My little 4-H leader bully pulpit, I want to have three hens in my backyard, I pay taxes in Henry County moment. Please live, put a little exemption in there for, for a guy to have a few chickens to, to put some eggs in the house. It's my understanding that obviously there's opportunities for special exemptions or, or, or zoning approvals or whatever, so I, I, don't, I don't have a better answer for you about the chickens. All right. I'll, I'll quit beating Dakota's dead horse that he forgot to show up for, but we put it in here exclusively for him and you know, Beezer Creek. All right. Just a couple little areas I want to, I want to hit on and then we'll, we'll turn it loose. Cause I think we're just about out of time. Joey, how much, how much time should a commissioner have to spend? Is this a full-time job? Should it be a full-time job? Every waking moment. So uh, someone once told me, um, you know, you, you can't spend your whole life working. So, Commissioner is a part-time job right now. Whoever gets elected needs to spend time with their family. They need to have a life outside of being commissioner. It can't be an all-encompassing thing. They need to be dedicated to the community, do the best they can. Um, but currently, it is it is a part-time job. There's three part-time commissioners. Um, I strongly feel that if the workload becomes so much that a full-time commissioner is needed, um, our county could look at options like other counties use where you have like a county administrator who reports to the commissioners. Um, I don't think we're at that point or even close to that point right now. Um, but yeah, you, you can't spend every waking moment. Um, and a lot of these um, uh, elected positions that are part-time are that way so that you can get someone who has experience outside of that job. Um, and so you get an opportunity to have commissioners who have a wide variety of experiences. Um, so I don't see it becoming full time. Any any expectation for the time commitment, Joe? From the eight different commissioners that I worked with there when I was working for the county, there were eight different personalities and eight different people spent d- different amounts of time. Some spent very very much, almost like a full time job, and and sometimes it's even more than a full time job. But I think. I think there needs to be time away from the job. It's set up to be a, a part-time job now, and I don't have any problem with that. All right. And the uh, the last item I had, Jesse Jesse may have more questions in his pocket that uh, that he has. He's been awful quiet on me lately. He's he's saving one up. Every time I talk, you stop being so. <laughs> 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 he's 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 just a brutalist, Joey. <sighs> Go back and watch the tape. <laughs> <laughs> the the Kennedy County Council has been debating today on how to spend or what to do with the food and beverage tax, Joe. Um, and there's been rumor. I, it, it, there were some bills that advanced that actually didn't become law. But there's this feeling that maybe the state is going to take away the food and beverage tax opportunities from communities like Henry County. Uh, do you have any any view on that from from your seat as a potential commissioner based on being at the meeting Monday evening when they were discussing the food and beverage. And I listened to the 
the people that had applied for the the specific grants, and I listened to the people that were assigned to the committee that graded the certain the grants, and I listened to the council members that had questions and so forth. And they had a follow up meeting today at three thirty that went until almost time for this to start, and they were still going when I left. And they had um, they had decided that they were going to disperse. The way I understood it, they were going to disperse the cash on hand to specific projects throughout the county, and then they were discussing whether or not they were going to bond uh, other monies, and and then by doing that, addressing additional um, programs that that had applied for the for the money. All right, Joey, any thoughts on food and beverage? Well, um, you know, historically, I, I believe it was set up in this county for the um, Basketball Hall of Fame originally is, is why that kind of got rolling. Um, and so if we look at that historic record of what it's accomplished, it's accomplished some pretty pretty awesome stuff here in our community. Um, so I don't feel like I would be against using it for that next project that, that brings some uh, quality of life to our community. So keep the keep the club in the tool bag for the uh, oh, for, for, for the future. Um, Jesse, anything, anything else from you? So they're wanting to get rid of it. There's been some momentum at the state house to, to say that counties can no longer have this tax. Um, is that because there's like gross overuse of it from their eyes? Why, why are they doing it? Like, maybe that's more important. That's the question is like, why do they want to get rid of it? Are they wanting to raise it? like the statewide and <laughs> no, I, I, I think that a lot of communities have it and it's not, uh, it, it, there are some people that just want to eliminate a tax essentially. So we, there's this discussion of local control versus state so why don't control. They lower the state tax. Uh, and there, there are communities that potentially abused it, but essentially it would have the bill that was introduced last year or this last cycle that just finished, would have stripped it away. So there's a very real potential that as the next general assembly meets, that it would come, that would come out and communities like Henry County would lose that ability to tax. It just seems crazy. I don't, I don't understand the point. I mean, I, I not that I don't want it. I just, it's go away, whatever. I don't I think care. Your thoughts I, are accurate, Jesse. If you did a good, if you do a poor job with it, then you're going to lose that revenue because the idea is to invest it back in the stuff that creates tax revenue with food and beverage. So you want to like tourist things like, like the which is what we've talked about on yeah. the show. So yeah, so if you're using it poorly, then you're just gonna kind of snuff uh, yourself out anyway. But I, I was gonna say, is, like the other question, I guess, is again, I don't know if anyone knows this, but it's like, is the state keeping like, do they audit what it's being spent on? Does the Absolutely. county required to report it? Absolutely. And then maybe yeah, if counties have a terrible track record, it's like yeah, well you built that and nothing happened. Like your population growth has sank, which Henry County would technically be in the um in that category. I wouldn't say it. Henry County's been flat. It's flat. It, it was sinking, but it has flattened out. Um, it might be a little uptick, but um, yeah, I guess like maybe they need to consider reporting structures. But I get my. I guess like if you're saying someone wants to get rid of the tax, obviously it's going to be a Republican. <laughs> what it's like if you want to lower the taxes, then just lower your state tax, like the state part of it, and not the county part. But the only reason I can see they want to get rid of it is because they want to increase the sales tax. And they don't want people to complain. And if they end up paying the same, getting rid of it, it nets gives out. Them, and that's out that you're not your taxes didn't go up. All right, it's like a smooth like side of sleight of hand trick. 
So we are getting to the point where we've worked our way through the program show notes, and we we generally go through final thoughts. We'll start with we'll start with Joe. Uh, is there anything that we that you're running your campaign on that we've missed? Any issues that we should be getting into? Any anything that you feel like we need to get back to that we might have skipped skimmed over? No, I think you've done a fine job, and I I feel uh, feel good about being here. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I I'm looking forward to the opportunity to serve the county as a county commissioner if i'm if i make it through the primary and if if i happen to make it through the general election then i would look forward to to serving that capacity and uh, i appreciate the opportunity of being here all right and if folks want to learn more about you uh, get a yard sign volunteer any of that stuff how do they how do they reach out i have a a, a facebook page joe wiley for county commissioner um, I have a Facebook page, just Joe Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. My phone number is 765-520-0314. Um, I'm having a fundraiser at 1000 Degree Pizza, Tuesday, April the 5th from 4 to 8. And I have some yard signs. If anybody would like to have one, I'd be glad to provide them with one. Awesome. Really, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's, that's all very good. We appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. All right. Yeah, thank you for showing up. Thank you. And uh, and Mr. Joey Cooper? Well, I'm, I'm going to say something first before I talk about me. All right. um, I've always admired Joe Wiley, and tonight I learned something new about him with his education background that I didn't know about. I always knew he was a state trooper and, and what he had done for the county before. So um, my family's long line of educators, college professors. Uh, my dad currently works for a school corporation, and um, I've been an educator before. So I really admire anybody that goes out there and teaches. So so. Um, I've always liked Joe, and so kind of today I found out why even more. So, so I appreciate him. Um, so, for, from my standpoint, people can get a hold of me on Facebook as well. Uh, there's a Joey Cooper for Commissioner uh, Facebook page. They can message me on there. Um, I um, have yard signs if anybody needs one. Um, I'm probably the only candidate who had the guts in the county to put this picture on it, even his ugly bald face. Oh, there he is. There's Joe too. <laughs> they they so. literally they are the first two candidates. I was, they bring if you're listening to the podcast, they bring their signs in and they it's their little name placard and it sits in front of them on the show. And I think you are the first two candidates to put your faces on the sign. So I, I was hesitant because I thought you know graffiti and all that. I mean, I was a kid once. I I know how it works. So, uh, but you know, I, I wanted people to see who I really was. So so we're out there, and Joe's got his picture on on his signs as well. So not all of them. Just the special one that I brought in. And I just the prop I, I one. did want to say um, when I, I've known Joey Cooper's family for many years because I had been interviewed through the Middletown newspaper when I was working for the county highway department. So when I made the determination I was going to sign up, I signed up and I drove to Middletown and I knocked on the door of the Middletown newspaper. I said, I need to see Joey Cooper. And his mother said, well, he's not here. He's sleeping. I said, that's no excuse. I need to talk to Joey Cooper. Wake him up. So I left my phone number, and he called me, and we chatted for a while. And, and uh, obviously, I'd, I'd known him from when he worked for the ambulance service. And so I'd, I don't have anything, anything but positive thoughts about Joey Cooper. And uh, I appreciate that, Joe. Thank you. But I asked him if he wanted to arm wrestle and just call it good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we're, we're good and going to see – See what happens on May the 3rd, I guess, unless you run some kind of an independent poll. 
I got nothing. It's a, I will say that as we're as we're starting to wrap up here, that uh, I believe that the deadline to register to vote. I read this in today's Middletown News, actually, uh, hand delivered to my in my in my mailbox today by the Postal Service. Uh, you've got until the fourth to That's get correct. registered. So if you plan on too. voting in the in the May primary and you're not yet registered or you're not registered where you belong, uh, you've got until the fourth to get that fixed. Otherwise. You're out of luck until the fall. But if you want to be a participant in this race, you've got uh, you got till May fourth to get that done. Jesse, you got any any final thoughts? Any questions? Anything we left out? Any uh, any hot stock tips? No hot stock tips. Uh, right now, the game's still tied. <laughs> Xavier sixty one, Texas A and M. This 61. is the only time you'll ever hear about sports. <laughs> um, no, I think that's good. I think I kind of wish I could have asked earlier. I just I'd be curious, like on the transition out. To understand, and maybe you guys have asked that question, but to think about like what are the things the commissioners are doing that doesn't make it public that are makes the job hard, right? Like internally, I don't know, I th- there's probably like a, I always feel like the people aren't spending enough time like thinking about making that side of the job easier because <laughs> um, it, it seems like it's just always like pencils and paperwork or pens and paperwork. So, well, I know when when I started working for the county. Um, the county did not have a human resources department. So at that time, the commissioners uh, were in charge of onboarding new employees, doing all that. That's since changed. So that's one of those positive things. But it's uh, it amazes me how much falls on the commissioners um, at, at a county like Henry County because we're on the smaller side of government. We yeah, really are not that big of a place. Um, so again, it used to be um, all... all Everything that human resources used to do fell on the commissioners, and that's no longer the case. We have a professional that does that now, um, but but there's there's a lot that that goes through the commissioner's office. You have to approve the payroll for all the county employees. You have to approve all the claims from the different departments, and it's it's quite involved. And they they're sitting in their office sometimes with a considerable stack of paper where they have to sign here, sign here, sign here. But that's part of it. I mean, they have to they have to figure out what they're going to do to fix the elevator in the, in the courthouse. I mean, everything, the, the, the buildings, whether or not they're going to sell them, the, the ones that are vacant and so forth. Uh, so there, there's a lot to the job, um, but it's one that's worthwhile, and I think it's it'd be a good challenge. I was going to say, there's, there's a lot of the back-of-the-house stuff that I don't think people think about that would... If you're in there, if you can clean up some of it, so then, you know, whenever... That you have to hand the keys over to the next person that you also cleaned up where you're that. <laughs> and, and that's probably the most frequent question I get from voters. And they're like, hey, that's great. You're running. What the heck does that job do? And, and I think Joe and I both spend a lot of time explaining to people kind of what the job is. Um, you're, you're because one, you're one of three county executives. I, I'm like, it's yeah. like a mayor, but it's three headed <laughs> and you've got to vote on everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, very good. Any Anything from you, Zach? I kind of skimmed over you. No, I don't have much. This weather's awful. I do feel sorry for anybody running a highway department in this part of the state or country this time of year when it's 70, then it's 20, then it's 12, then it's back to 70, and then invariably when it chills out, it rains, so everything just freezes. But yeah, um, I wish I was back in warm Tennessee. I came home and was snowing the next day and i was like this isn't fun i texted you and i said you came up you're coming home too early oh my buddy gosh. The, the worst part was i had to run 10 miles in this weather after i was like i could have done this yesterday and it would have been 60 when i ran and now it was sleeting so no 
Yeah, there's nothing. Literally, the worst thing is having to rewinterize your camper. I I, I yeah, camped I, at Potoka Lake or at, at where the hell I was, Lincoln State Park. Came home. I thought I was going to make it, and then it was three nights in a row in the twenties. And I'm going. I'm going out to Summit Lake this weekend. But for last weekend, I, I had to sit there at 33 degrees and rewinterize my camper yeah, on Saturday. So I'd have to crawl around in mine because it's parked next to the house. I should have done it while I was still in Tennessee. But yeah, it was like 17 degrees <laughs> like the next morning. I was like... Unfair. Yeah. This weather, you look at the weather for Indiana if you're not in this area and check our weather for this week. And that is peak Indiana spring weather where it has been everywhere from 17 to 75 in the span of like 72 hours. On Tuesday, I had somebody came by and they, they cleaned my gutters for me and she was literally pulling out ice chunks out of my gutters and throwing <laughs> and on Tuesday. And it's just like, she's like, yeah, it's just, they're coming out in pieces and it's like a foot long of frozen icicle leaf things. And then the next day it's 75 degrees. And then today it is it, it is just it's disgusting in October and it's just borderline depressing it's weather. So. Twenty degrees cooler right now than it was when I got up at five thirty this morning. And I'm blaming the county commissioners for it. They're entirely <laughs> responsible for the weather. And I'm hoping that this next that this next crop can fix it for next year. All right. Thank you guys very much for being Thank here. You. Um, I, hopefully we can count on one of you. Whoever wins, I, you got to come back in the fall and we'll do this again. And uh, when we get closer to the general election. Um, I've run for office four times myself now. Jesse's done it a couple times as well. Uh, it's incredibly important to have candidates that are willing to run. Uh, sitting through a two-hour podcast is not easy, and you're getting grilled on a lot of questions. But I think they're important. I think participating in this and all of the other forums that you're doing makes you a better candidate, and it will. The people of Henry County are going to be better off for for the work you're putting in at this point. I agree. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you guys very much. Next week, we're back. Hopefully, Dakota Davis is going to join us. uh, And we're going to be talking to the recorder candidates. First time we've done that. So we've got Lisa Loveless and Patrick Saunders. Uh, We have an open seat for county recorder, I believe. So it'll be the first time we've done that. We'll see you next Thursday.